0: The holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark Glory, Glory to you Lord Christ. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves and he was transfigured before him them and his clothes became dazzling white such as no one on earth could bleach them and there appeared to them Elijah and Moses Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them not to tell anyone about what they had seen, until after the Son of Man had, ri- had rise, ri- risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you.
1: of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. So it is the end of the season after the Epiphany, and for those of you who were in Father Fred's class, uh, I wasn't at the class, but I suspect something was said along the lines of, in the last few weeks, that that the gospel stories during the season after the epiphany are all stories of God's manifest presence. And no matter what year of the lectionary you're in, whether A, B, or C, it really starts with the baptism of Jesus, that story, where there is clarity and, you know, the voice of God comes and says, this is my son. And there's a moment of like, oh, okay, we get it. And then we hear some other stories depending on the lectionary of the manifest presence of God. But it always ends with the story of the transfiguration on the mountain, where once again we hear the voice of God say, This is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Those moments of clarity where God speaks and you know, Oh, I get it. Now, I know who I am. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. They are precious, these mountaintop epiphanies, these moments of, of clarity and joy where we we know who we are spiritually. And I am intrigued at the story of the transfiguration today, but also a parallel story that we're preparing for because it's like the Transfiguration sort of sets you up with a big, you know, all the lights and pyrotechnics and then we go to Lent. <laughs> so it's, it's, getting, it's giving you the food you're gonna need for the next 40 days <laughs> until Easter. But at Easter this year, it's the Gospel of Mark, which we've been reading. And in the Gospel of Mark, there is no resurrection story as written. The Gospel of Mark ends with an empty tomb story but not the resurrection, and, but in a, it's a very parallel story to the transfiguration story. So the transfiguration story today had three disciples who Jesus called up to go the mountain with him, Peter and James and John. The empty tomb story in Mark also has three disciples, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Joseph, and Salome. Those three women go to the tomb. Both stories have the three disciples encountering someone in radiant white clothes. In the transfiguration story, it's Jesus. In the empty tomb story, it's a mysterious young man in white. Read, angel. <laughs> but so there's, a, there's, these, there's sort of an encounter with a being that seems to be transfigured in some way, to be more than human somehow. And in the uh, transfiguration story we heard today, Jesus tells the disciples, don't tell anyone until I've been raised. And in the um, empty tomb story, the, the young man says, go and tell. So you get sort of the opposite command from the person in white. And also in both stories, the disciples are terrified. It is terrifying to encounter someone who has been transfigured to encounter something that you know is important and life-changing, but that you don't understand. (laughs) Peter, James, and John do not understand what they are experiencing, but they know it matters. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, and Salome do not know what they're experiencing when they come upon that empty tomb, but they know that it is important and life-changing. And I am intrigued at both of these stories about what it means to be a disciple who has had some sort of mountaintop experience, who has had some sort of experience that changes your life, and then to return to the rest of the disciples. Our communities of disciples and churches are always made up of people who are in a different spiritual place at different times. Most congregations are not like, everyone is having a mountaintop experience at the same time. (laughs) Nor are there congregations where, maybe this is a little more common, where everyone's on a low. (laughs) We are communities where we have those who are on a spiritual high and those who are on a spiritual low at the same time. And I wonder what it was like for the other nine disciples who were sitting at the bottom of the mountain and thinking, cool, I didn't have to hike up the mountain. To have Peter and James and John come back, who even if they didn't tell what they saw on the mountain and they followed Jesus' instructions, I imagine when the other disciples looked at them, they knew something had happened because they came back down that mountain changed. In this congregation today, I bet there are some of you who know what it is to have a mountaintop experience spiritually, who know what it is to have a moment where clarity comes in and where you understand who you are and who God has called you to be and where you are going, and it is joyful. And I bet there are some people who had one of those experiences, but it has been so many decades that it's hard to remember what it felt like. And I bet there are some people here today who are listening to me talk about mountaintop experiences and are thinking, I have no idea what she's talking about. I've never experienced anything like any of this. And that is the life of the disciples. That we are people who are on all those different walks spiritually, and yet we come together and somehow are one body in the midst of Being in different places on our spiritual journey. And the spiritual journey is a complicated one. You know, when we think of mountaintops, I've done a lot of hiking. My favorite hike, you know, like the triumph of my life where I was like, I am going to have a mountaintop experience, was when I hiked Half Dome in Yosemite in 2017. So, you know, it's one of those hikes where you have to get a permit and win a lottery to do it. And I won the lottery. (laughs) And it's, over 15 miles round trip and over a 5,000 foot elevation gain. It was amazing. And I did so much preparation for it. And hiking up, hiking up the hill is kind of fun because you know where you're going. Being on the mountaintop is great. You have an amazing view. Hiking back down is hard, (laughs) both because somehow going down is harder than up but also because by that point you're tired. And you know, I, I was running out of water. <laughs> and, you know I, That hike back down the mountain is hard. And I think spiritually that's true too. <laughs> that, that when you know where you're going spiritually, it's pretty exciting. When you're having a great spiritual experience, it is very exciting. When you are on your way back down to normal life, when you're in the valley, when you're not having the high, that is hard. And yet, that is exactly where we are about to be in our spiritual life as a Christian community. You know, we are on the mountaintop today, but Lent arrives on Wednesday. <laughs> and Valentine's Day, as as a meme I saw, said, um, you know, what are you doing on Wednesday? I'm rubbing dirt on people's faces and reminding them they're going to die. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. But we're about to have the experience of the low, of of a deliberate time where the church calendar says we need times where we're, you know, where we're fasting, where we're giving things up, where we're not necessarily looking for clarity, where we're just following our faith. But also at the same time, knowing what comes on the other end of that, that there is an Easter coming, there is resurrection coming. But in the meantime, we have all these stories in the community of the highs and the lows, of the clarity of the mountaintop experience and the challenge of life in the valley. And the prohibition on telling that story has been lifted. He has been raised. So you can tell the story of the mountaintop now. I wonder how many mountaintop stories there are in this congregation today and I wonder how many of them are known to other people, or how many of them you've kept to yourself. Part of the gift of the Christian life is that we have to rely upon the testimony of others for our own faith. You know, None of us can have all the spiritual experiences themselves. We rely upon the stories of others to feed our souls. And I wonder if some of you have stories that would feed the souls of other people in this church if they knew them and if you were able to share and tell them. So I'm gonna give you an invitation that at coffee hour today, you can have your normal coffee hour chat. I never wanna take that away. (laughs) But it's also okay to ask the person that you're chatting with, have you ever had a mountaintop experience? Or if you've had one, to share it with someone because it's in the sharing of those stories sometimes that our souls are fed and we have what we need for our own spiritual journey, even if we didn't experience it ourselves. Those nine disciples at the bottom of the mountain today got fed by the experience of Peter and James and John. And the rest of the disciples who heard the story of Mary Magdalene and the other Mary and Salome got fed by the good news of Jesus' resurrection, even though they hadn't seen it themselves. So let us today look forward to being fed by the stories and witness of others and look forward to sharing the stories that we have for the building up of the body of Christ. Amen.